What does J.J. Abrams have in common with Marisha Pessel? I mean, sure, they both tell stories for a living, but there's something they're doing. Let's talk about it. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Hey everybody, welcome back. So I've been doing a fair amount of beta reading and reading for people in the writer of the lifestyle community, link below to join. While I'm doing those beta reads, there's something I'm noticing in these unpublished works that I think I can help you with. And I'm noticing this trend in first drafts that I just don't see in published works. There's nothing worse than writing a boring book. Let me share one mistake I'm seeing in unpublished drafts by new writers and some ideas on how to fix it. With this book, Night Film, Come on, Nathan. By Marisha Pessel. I've read it a couple of times and it wasn't until I started beta reading and reading people's first pages and query letters and things that I really started to pick up on what made this book so fun to read and what makes a show done by J.J. Abrams like Lost so interesting. Okay. If you watched Lost in the early 2000s, you'll remember the polar bear on that island. And honestly, I don't even remember if it was ever fully explained. But what it did was it made viewers stick around. It's a polar bear. The story turned from simply a survival story of these plane crash victims on an island to a mystery with questions to solve. So not just this big question of are they going to get off the island and how, but also now all these little questions. And he did this with his characterization as well. Like, is this person, this person makes up a fake name, this person pretends to be somebody else, these people are arguing. Each character kind of had their own set of questions. That polar bear, what was up with that? I mean, episodes went on and on without any explanation of why a polar bear? What's it doing on a tropical island? The question lingered in characters' minds and in viewers' minds, but we had to wait for the answer. And while I was going through my most recent beta read, I immediately thought about Marisha Pessel's night film because she's doing the same type of question building that J.J. Abrams does. Don't worry, no big spoilers if you haven't read night film yet. So how do these creators keep audiences engaged? And how can you do it so that you don't write a boring book? Okay, so my thought process on this is that you want at all times three open questions to retain readers' attention. And it should be a blend of professional and personal. Here's what I mean. I'll show you how valuable Al Woods can be. I'm sure you've noticed this in a lot of stories, this back and forth between a character's personal life and interests and how it blends or mimics or is a foil for their professional lives. When you loop this information and open loops for longer periods of time, you can keep readers' interests and keep them engaged. In this world of social media, it is way harder to hold somebody's attention with text on a page. There's just so much Netflix out there. It's, it's almost endless. So even if readers are only compelled to read because of two out of those three questions that you have open, or one out of three, it doesn't matter, as long as they keep reading. So I'm calling this the peg marking effect. In Night Film, one of the most clear examples of this is a lead that our main character gets named Peg Martin. Now, Peg Martin isn't particularly important to the book, and so again, no spoilers, but that's not really the point. The point is, Peg Martin is introduced on page 55. Here's where we get her. He turned back, his eyes blinking rapidly from behind his glasses. You know, 
I did hear something recently you might find helpful. Peg Martin. Peg Martin? She had a small role in the first 20 minutes of Isolate 3. Plays one of the custodians at the Manhattan Law Firm. A very gawky girl with her arm in a cast, frizzy red hair, flat nose, she disappears down the stairwell and never comes back. She did a sneak magazine interview in the mid-90s and talked about Cordova. I remember five years ago I dug up the article in my research. One of my students this semester has a terrier. She takes him to, to a group obedience school in Washington Square Park, Sunday evenings at 6. She told me, toward the end of the hour class, a wiry redhead enters the dog room with an ancient black Labrador and they sit shoulder to shoulder on a bench, watching the others wrestle and romp and play and laugh. Beckham was sitting on the edge of his chair, playing the part of Peg Martin. She speaks to no one, looks at no one, neither does the dog. Well, my student told me that that woman is Peg Martin. And then he goes on to explain why Peg Martin's important. But the, the thing is, on page 55, we get Peg Martin. And we get a location and a time for when to meet Peg Martin. So even if you're interested in other parts, and that is not the only loop that is open, but that is a loop that is opened by Marisha Pessel on page 55. Guess when it closes? Guess. 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 You're wrong, probably. I don't know. I don't know what you guessed. Page 266. 266. Even then... That's just a reminder of who she is. So clever to put in that quick reminder. Don't just like drop me in Peg Martin and be like, what the heck? Who is this person again? I have to remember from 200 pages ago. No. So you hold back some information about that, that infamous Sneak Magazine article. Pestle drops it on page 266. Then finally he talks to her on page 273, right at the top. It was Peg Martin, all right. And he goes on to chat with her. And from there, a new loop is opened up. And that's, that's the point here, right? Not that Peg Martin was this like major figure. He doesn't even get like a ton of information from her, but it's enough to keep readers thinking. You just gotta want to know the answer to one. So let's go back to J.J. Abrams because he did a TED talk about this very thing. Listen to what he says about questions, which he calls the mystery box. So one of the things that I bought at the magic store was this. Tannen's Mystery Magic Box. The premise behind the Mystery Magic Box was the following. $15 buys you $50 worth of magic, which is a savings. <laughs> now, I bought this decades ago, and I'm not kidding. If you look at this, you'll see uh, it's never been opened. But I've had this forever. Now, I was looking at this, it was in my office, and it, as it always is on the shelf, and I was thinking, why have I not opened this? And why have I kept it? The thing is that, that it represents infinite possibility. It represents hope. It represents potential. And what I love about this box, and what I realize I sort of do in, in whatever it is that I do, is I, I find myself drawn to infinite possibility and that sense of potential. And I realize that mystery is the catalyst for imagination. Now, it's not the most groundbreaking idea, but when I started to think that maybe there are times when mystery is more important than knowledge. I started getting interested in this. So if you're writing a novel and you wanna keep people engaged, think about opening some of these loops. Try to keep three open, two professional and one personal, or two personal and one professional. And if you can, look at your manuscript, kind of on a timeline, and think, is there information that I provide right after I hint that it's there? Like, oh, this, this character needs to go talk to another character? They go right there. Now, either bump out the original so that they get the information before they have to talk to the person, or they find out a person has information, but they have to wait for it. If you're looking for some ways to do that, in the section below, I put a link to a list of 
ways to loop questions into your writing. So if you're interested in doing this, which you should be, I'm telling you, I read so many books and this is a thing that unpublished works just don't do well. And so if you want to be published, if you want a book that's going to grab and hook readers, you've got to be looping your questions, in my opinion, from what I've found in reading these books. Thanks for hanging out. I hope you learned something. I kind of had this epiphany, but I couldn't wait to tell you. So I want to do more like this. And if nobody subscribes or likes this video, I'm going to think you all hate me. Do you hate me?